with Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll in the home of the patented Duff McKagan joke of the week. Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Hey, listen, a woman walked into her doctor's and said uh, she's got a problem with her aviaries. And the doctor said, uh, don't you mean your ovaries? And he goes, oh, never mind. Let's have a look. And he looks down there and he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Looks like there's been a cockatoo up there. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, yeah. The cleanest dirty joke I've ever heard. Leave it to Duff to come up with that one. Or maybe it was Axel. You never know. One thing I know for sure, you won't leave disappointed if you go see Guns N' Roses live. I saw them in Vegas about a month ago. It was Unreal slash Duff, Axel, all sounding and looking great. Go see him if you have a chance. And come see Fozzie as well. We are touring across the United States in our most successful U.S. headlining run ever. There are still tickets left to some shows. Some are sold out. But if you go to FozzyRock.com, you get all the info. And tonight, Friday, September 17th, we're hitting Grand Rapids, Michigan at Elevation in the intersection. Uh, Still tickets available for that. But if you're looking for tickets in Flint at the Machine Shop on the 18th and Cleveland at the Winchester, those are both sold out. But then we return on September 26th in Louisville at Louder Than Life, sharing the stage with Metallica, which is always a bonus. Then we go to Harrison, Ohio at the Blue Note on the 28th. The 30th is Nashville at Basement East. Don't forget about the 27th as well. Indianapolis at Hi-Fi. And then we hit Canton, Georgia, Atlanta area at the Action Building on the 1st of October. Uh, The 3rd is Charlotte at the Underground. The 4th is Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, The 7th in Johnson City sold out. The 8th in Savannah, Victory North. We've got some festivals mixed in there. Go to FozzyRock.com and come check out us with Royal Bliss and Black Satellite. And then we're headed to Europe starting November 29th at the Cavern Club in Liverpool, the place that the Beatles made famous. Then we're hitting Manchester on the 30th, sold out. we got Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast, Birmingham, sold out in uh, Wales and Swansea, sold out in uh, Nottingham, still tickets in London. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket and VIP information. And also, after a couple of delays and reschedules, uh, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Agency Triple Whammy is setting sail October 21st. We are back, baby. It's going to be a great time. we got Kurt Angle, Will Ospreay, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, The Rock and Roll Express, Dean Malenko, a who's who of AEW top talent, including Orange Cassidy, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Lance Archer, and Jake Roberts, The Gun Club, Colt Cabana, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Chris Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, Chris Statlander, uh, so many more. The lineup is stacked. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com for all cabin info. Brad Williams and Bully Ray are the hosts. Medusa is the guest cruise director. We got Ryan Niemiller and Kate Quigley doing uh, humor, comedy. And we also got uh, Ryan Nemeth is going to do a comedy set. Marco Stunt is going to play some tunes. So much stuff going on. And speaking of tunes, Striper, Quarantine, Fozzie, Crobot, Rubik's Cube, Secret Saints, Nocturnal Affair, Paradise Kitty, Dave Spivak Project, Dave Schrader's Beyond the Darkness. So much going on. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and get one of the few remaining cabins. All right, today on the show, she made her AEW debut to a full-capacity Chicago crowd, chanting her name, talking about Ruby Soho right here in Talk is Jericho today. She's talking all about that night, how she landed in AEW, what Tony Khan said to her in go position before the show, and how her friendship with Ranson's Lars Fredrickson resulted in her new entrance music and gimmick. Ruby's also sharing the details of her shocking release from WWE. She didn't see it coming. Her time in the Riot Squad and her relationship with both Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. So let's go. It's Ruby Soho right now on Talk is Jericho. 
So one of the uh, biggest stars in AEW right now, and you're bashfully smiling as you say that, <laughs> is Ruby Soho. And um, I love stories like this. And this happened quite a few times here in our company. And that somebody comes in and right out of the gate is bigger than they've <laughs> ever been in the business just from appearing on our show. Now, you're obviously very humble, and I can tell that. But just out of the gate, how does it feel to be in AW uh, from, it's only been, what, two weeks, 10 days? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like I was telling you, it's a dream, honestly. It's, I don't even know if I have words to describe it. It just, it feels like I'm, I'm living a completely different life. Um, but, you know, it's so, that's so untrue because the lives that I've lived previously have just led me to this point and I'm so unbelievably grateful and this place is so special like this place is so special and I I have wanted to see like this just seems too good to be true honestly like the people are super nice Tony's amazing like everybody's been super responsive and the crowds are unbelievable not just in Chicago but you know uh, when we were in Cincinnati, they were amazing. And so I know that it wasn't just a one-time thing. And I'm just so happy to be a part of it. And I'm so excited to fall back in love with wrestling again. <laughs> That's a, a great quote to fall back in love with wrestling. Because mm -hmm. even for myself, too, like when I went to New Japan back in 2018, mm -hmm. I started realizing, like, holy smokes, like wrestling's actually really fun. and. Yeah creative and and there's there's a passion and, and kind of a whole world out there that you kind of didn't remember mm -hmm. and then of course that translated to aw as well mm -hmm. so um it's interesting because when a bunch of people got released from wwe i asked tony is there any that you're interested in he yet your name was right at the top of the list and that was th was it three months ago six months ago i can't mm -hmm. remember exactly yeah yeah was. a little a little over three months yeah so what kind of uh led you to coming here it wasn't a difficult decision by any means. It wasn't even necessarily like, will I decide to go to AEW? It was like, can I get into AEW? Like, I think that it is kind of silly for people to just be like, oh, well, I don't work at this one place anymore. I'll just go to like, we're becoming like the place right now. And I, I love that I get to say we because I love to be a part of the team. I didn't expect to just be here because this place was so amazing and I was just really hoping that I could get here. I really was really hoping I could be a part of the team and be able to help create these amazing things and tell these amazing stories. And um, I was just, I honestly, I've always said like, I'm just in the right place at the right time, <laughs> but I was just grateful um, that I was able to do that. And it wasn't a, a difficult decision. It wasn't even really a, uh, it was it was when I was offered the opportunity. I was an immediate yes. It was. It's interesting to me though because it's like I I think I asked this before, but mm -hmm. we'll pretend that I didn't. Have we met before you and I? We've met briefly. 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 I wasn't even, I wasn't with WWE at the gotcha. time when we met. I was an extra. Gotcha. Okay. I was doing the rosebud thing. That's what you right. Met. Yeah. When you and I met, we, I was doing the rosebud thing. And we met in passing. Right. And there. Somebody wants to be a part of the interview People too. Are coming in and running all over the place. And so I was like, "Hello, 
It is a chaotic. Oh, there's a dog at the door. Oh, that's you know what? That's the only oh, okay. time you can't get mad is when there's a that dog. That was a very at the door. authoritative knock. That wasn't was an it? intense it was like, knock. It, like, it, it sounds like a cop knock. That dog. That dog it, meant business. With the cop there with the dog, so they're coming to sniff us out. <laughs> Thankfully, neither one of us are packing. Yeah. But yeah, so we we hadn't uh, really met. Mm-mm. So you're one of, one of the the kind of not the few people, but I have, I have absolutely. I know nothing about mm. anything other than what I've seen on TV, right. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. first of all, I want to know the name Ruby Soho. Mm. And obviously the song Ruby Soho mm. written by our, our good friend Lars Fredrickson, who is a huge wrestling fan to the point where he actually gave me a collection of DVDs, pirated DVDs, Chris Jericho's career that he had found matches that from is Japan incredible. and Mexico and all that. And he gave them to me like... I was like, who still has DVDs? He gave me 10 DVDs. <laughs> I love that. So Lars is a huge fan, but were you, obviously were you friends with him before? Tell us about how Ruby Soho came to be. So I have been a fan of Rancid for a long time. Mm-hmm. They were one of like the first punk bands I ever listened to. Um, where are you from? I, I am from like a really small town in northern Indiana, like right, like about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, and I always looked at Lars as somebody that I idolized because like when you looked at him like the way he carried himself like that was a confident dude like he was confident and like he embodied to me what punk was like just do what you want who cares what anybody thinks about you like he just like he was somebody that I was like god he's just so cool and so at one point in time uh, while I was in WWE, what I wanted to do, a lot of my coworkers were making their pay-per-view gears in inspiration from like comic book characters and stuff like that. And I wanted to do punk rockers that I idolized. And the first one I wanted to do was Lars. So for my Elimination Chamber match, I wanted to do, my, my gear was inspired by him. It was his inked magazine photo shoot. And uh, it was like he had like the sweater vest thing on with the the plaid, um, the plaid like T-shirt or uh, polo top underneath. And I was like, OK, I don't know if this is weird, but I'm going to ask him like if it's cool if I do it. And so I direct messaged him and I was like, hey, I don't know if this is weird. I don't even know if you know who I am, but like, is it cool if I he's like, I'd be honored. That's so cool. Let me know if you need absolutely anything, blah, 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 blah. And he was just so rad about it. Like he was so nice. And I guess I didn't realize like I knew he was friends with punk, but I didn't know like the level of pro wrestling fandom. And then at one point he just decided to send me a bunch of like a bunch of rancid stuff. He sent it to my house and then I sent him for like his kids and stuff. I sent him a bunch of like anything I could get my hands on t-shirts, like stuff from um, like merch and stuff that I could get my hands on. Like, so we had kind of become friends at that point. And then when I got released, I wasn't really planning on doing a lot of interviews or podcasts or anything. Cause I just, I I felt like it was just time for me. Like at that time it was really hard when I I was real sad about it. So I, I didn't know if it was necessarily the time for me to do a podcast, but he had asked me, I was like, well, Florence Fredrickson's asked me to do a podcast, I'm going to do it. And uh, during that time, I still wasn't sure what I was going to be called. I didn't really like my indie wrestling name. Which was? Uh, Heidi Loveless. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really like it because it was given to me. And it, Felt Lovelace. Yeah, yes. And that so, was you. Yes, okay. that was me. That was me. That was me. And uh, it, it never was never pronounced correctly. It was given to me, and so I didn't really want to, to use it again. And so I had mentioned that to the guys in the podcast and I was like, I think I want to keep Ruby because like it just feels a lot like me. And I was like, and, and I hold it near and dear to my heart. 
part because it was inspired by the song Ruby Soho. And he laughed and he goes, well, why don't you just use that? And I immediately just crumbled and melted into like 13 year old me <laughs> and was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I can get a couple guys on the phone. We can get you, you know, Ruby Soho. We can get you the song. Like we can work this out. And I was like, I'm, I'm in front of a camera just trying to hide my face because I was like, this is not real. Like this is not real <laughs> life. He is offering to give me this name and the song and everything just kind of fell into place just so perfectly. So I, uh, I'm very grateful to them. I told him as soon as uh, as soon as after the debut, I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm gonna be liked because of the song. So like, ideally, hopefully they like me for me. But if they don't, they like me because of the song. So I was like, thank you for letting me ride your coattails of coolness. <laughs> I appreciate it. Start though, yeah. right? If, yeah. if the song is what people kind of equate mm -hmm. to you then automatically it's a good feeling yeah. and a good vibe. Yeah. Because it is one of those songs, like I knew the song because mm -hmm. I have that album, but mm -hmm. you kind of forget and there's a lot of people that had never heard the song yeah. that's like, Ruby So is stuck in my mind. Yeah. You become on the name, uh, your name is on everybody's, tip of everybody's tongue yeah. because of that. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And like, I know, I know you can obviously relate with your amazing song that everybody's singing yeah, after, yeah. after the fact. Like, it's such a cool feeling to be like, wow. They're still, yeah, they're still singing the music. That's, that's what I love about about um, AEW is we mm -hmm. encourage that a mm -hmm. lot of people have songs like you know wild thing, mm -hmm. real quote unquote yeah. songs that are just written for you. Yeah, and people once again like it's something that used to happen all the time in older wrestling eighties mm. and nineties. But now we have it back. It's such a great idea. Yeah, and yeah, because it just keeps them. It keeps that energy continuing from the point then the music stops right it doesn't it doesn't automatically die because that music that that energy is still going yes and it's so amazing it's, it's so much easier especially as an in-ring performer to feed off mm -hmm. of and to be like oh mm -hmm. this is still going i'm hyped let's go let's talk about your aw debut at all out in chicago ruby uh before we do fire prevention month is right around the corner in october did you know that did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 24 seconds both are statements of fact and that's why Talk is Jericho has teamed up with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety, to help you protect your whole home with safety you can trust. Having enough First Alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the best things you can do for your home and family. Install them on every level and in every bedroom of your house to keep your family safe. You also have to remember to test them regularly and to replace them every 10 years. They're on duty 24-7 and they don't last forever. And if you can't remember the last time you replaced your alarm, then you should go ahead and replace it. Better to be safe than sorry. And First Alert makes a great 10-year sealed battery alarm. Super convenient because you don't have to worry about battery replacement for 10 years. And if you really want to protect your family, then go ahead and get fire extinguishers for every level of your house in the kitchen and make sure your family knows how to use it. And of course, plan and practice an escape route with your family so that everyone knows how to get out and where to go in the event of a fire. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities you can do at your home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash firepreventionmonth. That's firstalert.com firepreventionmonth. Protect your family at all costs if a fire breaks out. How was it through that night in Chicago when you did you? Uh, Chris. I thought I knew what nerves was until that moment. I thought I knew what nerves was. Um, when we started to dwindle down and the girls were going out and like I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, there's none of them left. So like I'm going up soon. Like I'm at the bottom of the stairs and my hands are shaking. My heart is beating into my throat. 
and I was like, I couldn't, I could barely breathe. And I've got like, you know, friends of mine that are around and, <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall on my face. I'm going <laughs> to fall on my face. Oh my gosh. And, uh, the countdown starts to happen and they started chanting my name before, you know, I came out and in that moment, I almost started crying. I'm like, I'm not even gonna make it out there because I'm gonna bawl my <laughs> eyes out. And probably one of my favorite moments, and it was one of the one of the pinnacles of like, I know this place is different, is that happens, and Tony from behind the screen pops up and goes, "Let's go!" <laughs> he was so hyped because he heard them coming, and he was just so excited, and that obviously like translated into my excitement. And then they told me to go, and then. I got onto that stage and like that was the realest emotion that was real emotion on my face because I never wanted to leave that moment I never mm. wanted to leave that moment because it just felt like everything I had done every choice I'd made had led me to this amazing pinnacle of my career of this like this historical pay-per-view that I'm just grateful to be a part of like that pay-per-view top to bottom was perfect oh, yeah. it was just perfect a legendary show it really was and the fact that I got to be a part of it, I got to be able to experience that crowd. Like I just, I wanted so bad to just stay on that stage and just soak every, every ounce of it in. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I gotta hit the ring and like, <laughs> let's go. Let's hope we don't, we don't disappoint. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, it's, it's one of those moments. Like I remember back when I debuted in Chicago mm -hmm. and this was almost pre-internet people knew that it was me without really knowing, mm -hmm. but somehow they knew. Mm -hmm. And it was like that for you, like people were chanting Ruby Soho, mm -hmm. and not Ruby Riot. Yes. Ruby Soho. Yes. Had that leaked out or something along those lines, or had you already decided to be Ruby Soho, Soho from the vignettes that you had done? Yeah, so the vignettes, the vignettes kind of like, kind of alluded to it that like, right. I had changed my, um, my handle, because I had to. Um, but I didn't like Twitter I, handle. Yeah. My, my handle for my Instagram and yeah. stuff. I changed it to real Ruby Soho, but that hadn't been definitive. I just wanted to use it so I could use the destination unknown. Like, because I didn't at that time, right as soon as I, I got, know. I didn't know where I was going mm -hmm. and the destination was not only unknown to everybody else, but to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that, uh, I had used that for a little while and then the vignettes as they started to come. And then when the, the name was approved and everything was like each vignette, we, I wanted to kind of like pay homage to things that I had done in the past and really take the people on to like a journey of what I, what happened after I got released. And, and then the last one was kind of like, okay, she's Ruby Soho. So I had, I had done that, but I, I also didn't know how many people were going to see the vignettes. Like all I had them on was my Instagram, my Twitter. So like how big could they get? But like at least enough to get the buzz going like that, mm. that was my name. And that was even that was even better. Is that had they chanted Ruby Riot, I feel like I would still I would appreciate it a hundred percent. But I feel like I would still be kind of like, okay, I, there's still work to be done, like to yes. get them to disassociate me from what I once was. But I was able to like kind of like come out as this new person and be accepted for this new person before I even came out. And that was really a beautiful thing. And honestly. people, like I said, people knew. Yeah, like they were chanting, and when you came out, it was just one of those moments. Like I said, that night was so great. For you know, uh, there's punk, there's Danielson's surprise, mm -hmm. and, and Adams' surprise. But for you, it was really cool because, mm -hmm. like I said, like a lot of people were talking when you did get released of like, okay, this person I understand this, but why this person? Mm -hmm. Like when Miro got released, mm -hmm. really, like him. Yeah. And so to me, it was almost like a vindication for mm -hmm. you that like 
not only were people excited to see you, but they were like really hoping that you'd be there yeah. to the point, like you said, like it was set up with the Joker number twenty one. Yeah. Who's going to be mystery opponent? Yeah. If that would have been anybody but you, I'd feel bad. <laughs> I for would them. feel so bad. I would feel so bad. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was. Um, it, like I said, everything from the moment that you know I, I had gotten released and. I really genuinely kind of felt like a sense of panic of like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I haven't been on the Indies in five years, so I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to be you know successful in that. And and with the pandemic, there's not a lot of Indies going on right now. And and you know, can I get to AEW? What like I just had so many questions that that yeah. went through my head, and I just I was like, I don't know, because it it it, did, it came to a sh- as a shock. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know, I had no like feeling or anything like that, and and it, I was I was very sad. I, I loved the girls that I shared a locker room with. Like those those women became like sisters to me. So it was just like, oh, I'm not going back to work this so week. Some of this, so there was no indication for you at all that N- you were going to. No, like not really. There was there they had they had done some um, some releases prior to that, but. There wasn't really any any indication that, you know, I, I I'd always I always kind of kept my head on a swivel. Like, you know, I it's always one of those things like you, you are you're expendable, like you like you're replaceable, like you always know that. But like in that moment, I just bought a house and I was just yeah. like, everything's great. And then it happened and I was like, wow, this is intense. And I, I genuinely just didn't know what to do. I cried and I panicked and I ate a box of Oreos and (laughs) and uh original flavor yes yes I can't do the double stuff it's too much stuff not not a good ratio (laughs) um but uh and I was like okay well uh now it's time to you know did you ever find out like any reason given um if you say budget cuts I'm gonna eat my hat I'll eat your hat since I'm not wearing that's that's honestly that's the only reason I've I've ever heard was budget cuts um, but you know, I, I, I can't say bad things about like my experience there. There's a lot of stuff I learned. There's a lot of people I got to work with there. I, the riot squad, like the girls that I got to, to become lifelong friends with people that like, I'm, you know, Sarah Rose, like I'm the godmother to her son. Mm. And like, I still speak to live Morgan on a regular basis. Like and that was the right squad. The yes. Three of you, the yeah. three of us. And like that, they were my sisters and they've stayed that way. So like mm-hmm. I, you know, I have that company to thank for that. And, you know, every decision that I made, you know, led me to this point. And I think the appreciation that I got, you know, was from the fact that maybe they hadn't seen everything from me in my previous job that they, maybe they wanted to, and maybe they wanted to see more from me. I like to think that, that that's the reason I got the reception I got it all out was because they were excited to see what else I had to offer. Um, and I was excited to give it to them. So I'm, and I'm excited to continue to give it to them. So I'm let's kind of go back into your past. You're talking about being Heather Loveless. We'll pronounce it yeah. properly. So you mentioned that you were in, uh, you were in WWE for five years and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. How long were you on the Indies? Sorry, Heidi Lovelace. I said Heidi. no, no, it's Sorry. okay. <laughs> um, how long we? How long were you on the Indies before you got to WWE? Six years. Okay. Yep, yep. So before I got to WWE, I was on the Indies for six years. Um, Heidi was Heidi Lovelace was given to me. The name was given to me. Like by your by your trainer or something. By the or? the tra- he, um, I was trained at first in a backyard somewhere in the middle of uh, in Nowheresville, Indiana, and um, I was just working at this one particular place in. 
in Indiana and I, I, I didn't really know the world outside of, of this. Like I knew of WWE, but I didn't know of like bigger indies or things like that. Like what existed in the world of independent wrestling until I met, you know, my trainer, um, his name is Billy Rock. He um, trained me outside of Lafayette, Indiana, which is why I built, I built myself from Lafayette is because I want to pay homage to him. Um, and he had like a, a 10 month long in the middle of Lafayette in a storage unit that barely fit the, the right, ring yeah. <laughs> with no heat or air conditioning. So in 10 months we got all the snow and the rain and, and whatever. So, um, and he kind of like taught me the fundamentals like before like my first day i'd learned to tilt a whirl head scissors you know in the backyard you'll just learn what Take you a can bump do through a table but Ex- don't know how to do a hammer lock, exactly yeah. so um so he taught me the fundamentals that i needed and then um and then i just i expanded from there and i was able to you know go to england and and Japan, I spent you know three months in Japan with Stardom. Oh wow! Yeah, How did you like that? So I, you have to live in the dorm for three months. Yeah, right? it was a it was intense. It was definitely a, a a shock for me, but it was it was an amazing it was an amazing time and to see the physical shape that these women are in and the the training regimens and stuff like that. It was it was super intimidating, but I learned so much from there, and I loved the culture. I loved being in Japan traveling scared the ever living hell out of me though like just the train the trains oh the trains i never knew where i was going or like which train to get off at to get onto (laughs) the other train i probably ended up i got lost in tokyo probably five or six times while i was over there because those trains yeah if you'd get the wrong one you'll end up on the other side of town exactly and it was so that was the only thing that i was like i don't know how to get the one thing that i learned when i first went there like it was way back in 1990 Mm -hmm. once again pre-phones or whatever was Mm -hmm. every time you leave your hotel take a business card from the hotel oh so you always have the address of where no matter what that happens that would have been so smart worst comes the worst just give it to a taxi yeah. driver take Be like, me here take me here yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so smart who else was with you while you were over there um i i had uh, a girl from california i don't know if she i think she still wrestles What's her I'm name? Not sure hudson envy okay. and then um one of our she was living there at the time. Um, I think she has come since come to, I know she worked in the States a couple of times, but she, um, she was our helpful for our translator. Her name was Chris Wolf. Oh yeah. Um, yeah I love that girl so much. Yeah, She's her, just yeah. the most pure hearted soul in the world. And she helped us quite a bit, um, with translating and everything like that. That was, um, the first time I met Kyrie Sane before she had, been, she was working in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't EO Schreider yep, too? EO yeah. was one of actually one of the head trainers there. Yeah. Um, I have, been a fan of her for such a long time and she was the first time i saw her work i was blown away mm. i was like oh my gosh she's incredible did you wrestle with them there uh yeah i got yeah. to wrestle in like a couple multi-mans and stuff but i never got a chance to to really like do a whole lot of single stuff there because i was still relatively like i was still early on i think i was probably four years in at the time but yeah i uh it was an amazing experience i was broke as all get out though like i had I, every penny I had, I took there, and then lo- I was I had ran out by the end, and then like just to get on get on the trains like cost money, and like I was literally paying my bills, going to like the post office, filling out a form to send money to my bank account from the post office to my bank account in America, which is also like they take like twenty bucks out to as a like a transaction fee, and I was like I, I I'm just trying to keep my apartment by the time I come back. 
So yeah, that was, uh, it was tough, but it was amazing. It was, I, I would really love to go back to be able to like properly enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever go back with WWE to Japan? We went there, but we were only there for like a day or two. Right, right. Yeah, we, okay. yeah, we never really got a chance. You're talking about you want to go back and look around. Yes, I want to go out there and like stay for like, even if it's just a week so mm-hmm. I could just really absorb everything around and and be able to just to really appreciate everything how is it for it girls like i know for guys like if you want to go to the gym if you have tattoos you have to wear a long sleeve shirt because yeah. of course they equate tattoos with yakuza is that for girls too oh yeah. yeah i got i got a lot of a real uh yeah. <laughs> real concerned looks walking up and down the street so i tried to cover up as much as i could um luckily at the time i didn't have my neck tattoos so mm. that was that was good i could cover up a good amount but if i i we weren't allowed into any of the gyms we weren't that's allowed. one thing they're still yep. very very squeamish about. yes they don't it like never any, changes like, they're yeah. like oh we should do a bathhouse and we're like sorry <laughs> you can't swimming nope yep, nope can't do that either like it's just not it's not a it's not yeah, a thing and then that, that, that that's okay i i understand All right, we'll talk about how you finally got to WWE Ruby, but first I want to say a quick thank you to Geico for making this episode possible. And you know if you own or rent your home how hard it can be, but you know what's easy is bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy, which is a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. What finally brought you to, to WWE then? Honestly, like I said, Chris, right place, right time. I believe that um, Jimmy Jacobs was the person that... Um, Creator of the list? Yeah, he was the one who actually got me looked at, at least. He told um, Sarah Amato about me. And, you know, I spoke with her briefly. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I had an email that said, hey, we'd like you to come down for a tryout. And I was... I, so I'm forever, you know, grateful to him. Mm-hmm. And I came down and I did the tryout. And is that one of those tryouts, like at the PC, where you have to do ten thousand drills? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> the bag drill, dude, is the most. The bag drill. Oh. Which one is that? So it's like you, they, like you have a uh, like a boxing like bag or like I think yeah, it, yeah. yeah like and they punching put it, bag yeah punching bag thing, and they put it in the middle of the ring, and then you have to do a drop down on one side, a drop down on the other side, hit the ropes, drop down on one side, drop down on the other side, hit the ropes. You have to do that like I want to say twenty times, oh and you have to do that in three separate rings, three rings. So you do one, then get out and do the other one, get to the other one, or oh twenty God. times, twenty times, twenty times. The the only saving grace, honestly only saving grace is that Robbie Brookside is at the end and he is the most motivating dude on planet earth. Go on then. Go on then, lad. Go on then. Like, also a fellow punk rock aficionado. Oh God, he's my punk rock Yoda. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I've never met a human being who knows more about punk than that man. Yes. You tell him a band, he knows where they're from, he knows their biggest hit, he knows how long that they've been around, what genre of punk that they yeah. play. It's amazing. I'm like, you're like an encyclopedia. We, we were in Hamburg together in 93 for like six weeks and, and I'm that way for heavy metal so mm-hmm. we were constantly quizzing each other I about love punk rock that. and heavy metal yeah. and where we were staying there was a concert hall called The Docks right across from us so we went and saw okay, this week, okay, I'm going to take you to the Mighty Mighty <laughs> Ball Stones. All right, then I'm going to take you to Halloween. I love All right, that. then I'm going to take you to see whoever, I can't remember what it was, the DRI. Yeah. All right, well, then I'll take you to, you know, Saxon or whatever. Yeah. Else, so, yeah. God, <laughs> so he'd be your motivator at the end of these Oh, drills. yeah, 100%. He, he came up to me and 
I was nervous as hell as all hell like pretty much everybody is you know at those tryouts like they're right. just trying to change their lives and stuff and uh he walks up to me and i think he knows that like i had like a love for punk rock like probably based off of you know some of the stuff i'd filled up filled out in the the questionnaires and he goes he looks at me he goes top five punk bands go and i was so <laughs> nervous in that moment i honestly don't even remember what i had said I know that I had just like, for, first of all, in that moment, I forgot every punk band I'd ever listened to in my whole life. I was like, um, um, and then so I gave him a bunch of bands, but I rem I don't remember all the other bands I said. I just remembered that I had listened to Alkaline Trio in the car before I got there because I needed something kind of a little calming, but a little like, okay. Right. And he was so mad that every time I'd get to his ring for that bag drill thing, he'd be like, Alkaline Trio, come on then. Because he is one of those, he's one of those punkers that like, the less you can understand in the lyrics, yeah, the that's not really. And fun. he, Alkaline yeah, and trio, he, yeah. and in in his head, like anytime, like if it's if it's like pop punk in general, he goes bubblegum pop, yeah. <laughs> like he like, and so we'd always go back and forth. There's some bands he likes that you know, I'm like, you can understand this and you like it, and I, so like it was me trying to be like, this is another band I think you'll like, <laughs> and so it was me trying to get him to to listen to some new stuff. He always like anytime I am like stuck, I haven't listened to anything new in a while. I'm like, hey, give me a band to listen to, right, right. and he always he always sends me something new. So he's just honestly, he's the best. I. Ugh, he was the best. It was so much fun to work with him. So he helped you kind of get through this tryout, and then then did they hire you right away? Or from, yeah, so the, from the get, like I, so my my hiring story is always one of my favorites because when you get hired or you get the phone call or the email, like you always think you're gonna be somewhere that like where like confetti is gonna rain from the ceiling. <laughs> it's gonna be this perfect moment. And I was working as a bartender at the time and they were somewhere overseas, so they couldn't call me. So they sent me an, an email and I got this email. And <laughs> after I got the email, I'm eating like <laughs> next door to this bar. I had this awesome hot dog place that had barbecue, like pulled pork on it and whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm just eating. I'm like, oh, I didn't get hired. I got it. And, and I, <laughs> my phone goes off and I see my email and I, immediately start running through the bar that I work with with barbecue sauce all <laughs> over my face like I got the job and everybody's like I thought you worked here <laughs> and I'm like you have yeah. a job so yeah it was uh it was not the most glamorous moment but yeah I got the email and and I started with them they wanted me to start quick so I just I had I didn't have a lot of money at the time and I had like this tiny little blue and Paula that the windows wouldn't roll up and I just shoved everything I possibly could into this Impala and drove down to Florida and that was the beginning that was the beginning did were you in NXT for a while I was only in NXT for nine months so I got hired in January which is short those yeah. people that go there for five years it was it, I again right place right time yeah, that's right. Um, I actually started on my birthday of January of 2017 and then I debuted and again, right place, right time. They just needed somebody that looked as insane as Nikki Cross. And that's why I debuted on NXT. <laughs> and then shortly after that, in November of 2017 of the same year, um, is when myself, Liv, and Sarah debuted. And from what I understand, I don't know how much truth there is to this, Vince watched the Suicide Squad and wanted a Joker, a Harley Quinn, and a Beast 
in a female faction and that's why we just I'm going to throw watched. a flag on the play there and I say don't that know. Vince that's, probably did not watch <laughs> the Suicide Squad. That's the only thing I've heard. Although he did watch Spider-Man once. I know he watched Spider-Man, so he, maybe he is into the, to the Marvel maybe, Universe. Who maybe. knows, right? I'm not sure. I, I, maybe well, it was just a trailer he watched. I'm, I just know. I, maybe I've somebody always told wondered, him about it, maybe? I've or? always wondered what made him put that group together. Like, the three of us couldn't So what did he want? He wanted a Joker. Which was me. Right. A Harley Quinn, which was Liv Morgan. Of course. And a Beast, which was Sarah. Well, that does make yeah, sense. Exactly. And the funny thing is, and being the right place, right time, things always working together, you debuted in AEW as what? The, the Joker. Joker. <laughs> wow, I didn't even put See, hey, together. We're learning oh, things wow. here on Talk of Jericho. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Well, that makes sense yeah. then because I, when I saw the the the, the, the Suicide Squad, the Riot Squad, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's an interesting pairing. Yeah. Very random, but that would make sense mm-hmm. if he saw that because that's mm-hmm. what you had. Yeah. Interesting. And we, from what I was told, we weren't supposed to be together for very long. Like mm. we were supposed to debut together and then kind of split. Um, but they liked us together and we loved being together. And I think that was one of the things that because we didn't think we were going to last very long, we didn't change our individual characters. Mm. And we just kind of like tried to get them to mesh together instead of like, oh, we're going to try to make each other a faction. We're like, OK, if we're going to get split up, we're going to stay who we are. And I think that's what helped us is we had three individual characters that made that made sense somehow in a weird way actually accented each other so yeah it was, i i love those girls like and but that's how it works so like even when we started with the inner circle none of us really looked the same mm-hmm. and i was like i, I keep saying it reminded me of like original guns and roses mm-hmm. like when you see them in 1987 they don't really look like they're in the same band yeah but that's the beauty of it. it's yeah. the genius it just works the yeah. chemistry is there you know and it seems like you guys had that with with Riot and, that, and that's the best part is like even even just aesthetically or or in ring work because like in in ring work our stuff was different too but like one thing that i loved about it is like we had something that appealed kind of to everybody is like sarah was more of a brawler and Liv did a lot of the high flying Mm. and stuff like that and 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 you know i did a lot of the talking Mm. but like i think it just like it just there was something and that's what i love about wrestling and like that's one of the things i love about this locker room and this especially just this women's division just taking a look at it is like there's so many different women different looking women different women from different backgrounds that have different stories and like just so many like just such a complexity within this this division that i absolutely love and i think it's so awesome because there's something for everybody mm-hmm. here and i love that i love that so much we really is like a wrestling buffet we say it you know? really is because also too like everybody comes from different places there's real no cookie cutter mm-hmm. and once again nothing against uh well i guess nxt now is mm-hmm. completely different from what it was when you guys were there but there's no real kind of everyone learns in their areas where mm-hmm. they learn if you're coming from lafayette if you're coming from japan if you're mm-hmm. coming from canada and that's kind of the style you bring to the show. Yeah. And, you know? And that's, yeah, I, I just, this place is just so different. And, like, that's that's the thing that, that I've, I've been asked, and I'm like, why, why AEW? Why AEW? It's just, like, this is the thing that this place stands for the thing that I love about wrestling is just complexity and diversity and being different than anything else or anyone else out there. And it's 
hard to do that in pro wrestling because everything's been done. But this place has managed to be different, to do different things, to push boundaries. And I love that about this place. That's one thing I really loved, like I mentioned about New Japan and coming to AEW mm-hmm. was, and this is, once again, I worked for WWE for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it, had a great time there, had a lot of great matches, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a certain way that they do things, and that is the way they do it. Mm-hmm. It's very successful. Mm-hmm. Who are we to judge? Mm-hmm. But this is not getting pretentious, but I really stress this all the time. Wrestling is art. Mm-hmm. Anytime you create something out of nothing, you're creating art. Mm-hmm. We're putting it in our match or whatever it may Absolutely. be. You have to let the artists be artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can tell me, okay, Chris, paint a picture of a cow. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my cow, and maybe I'll put some, maybe I'll put some wings on it, or maybe I'll make a space cow. Yeah. But if you tell me, paint a picture of what? Oh, we don't know. Yeah. We'll get to it. What? Or if I'm painting the cow and they say, okay, change it to an elephant. It's like, mm-hmm. no, WWE does that. Here, we don't. We let you be an artist and we mm-hmm. say, we want you to paint this. Mm-hmm. And the creativity here uh, just reinvigorated my love for the business, like yeah. you said, because I get to be an artist. Yeah. And one of the things that I have stressed um, a bunch of times and the thing that like kind of started my excitement for this place and to work with this place was my first conversation with Tony was I was like, okay, tell me what you need. Tell me what you want. Like, just so you know, my hair is orange now. And um, also like, tell me what I can, how I can help you. Like, tell me how, like, and it's, it was very much like a trying to get like answers from him of like, and he's like, and he's just like, basically just stopped me and was like, I just want you to be you and come work for me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. And I was like, it was the most simplistic, straight to the point answer that it like fried my brain where I was like, it like malfunctioned. I was like, what? And like, that was such an amazing thing for me, for me to be like, I just, I could just be me. Like I, I kind of, I kind of can't do this wrong Yeah. <laughs> because I, there really is there's no, no wrong, wrong way. way to just be me. There and really like, isn't. that's such a, and a freeing beautiful feeling and it's just i like i said i keep waiting for like someone to wake me up or like <laughs> the some, shoe to drop something like, and it's just it hasn't happened yet and it's just this place is just so 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 special and i'm i'm just like i couldn't be more honored just to be here i keep saying it it sounds like corny like i'm just happy no, to be here but it, i really am but i think everybody that comes here really even if at first they might be a little hesitant like mm-hmm. really because you hear oh this is such a great place or this is so much fun or this mm-hmm. is freedom you don't really know for sure mm-hmm. and then you come here like oh my goodness yeah. it really is exactly what they told us it was yeah. going to be you know let's go back to WWE and talk about how you got your name ruby riot but first i've got an important reminder from our friends at nitsa It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't do that ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, but they can't stop quickly. Think about this. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. I'll say it again. Over a mile to stop to stop by that time it's too late and the result is a potentially deadly crash the point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive the train can't stop quickly even if it sees you it could end in disaster if the signals are on the train is on its way and you need to remember one thing stop because trains can't let's talk a little bit more about WWE. how did you end up with the name of ruby riot 
So I am actually the one who pitched that. Ruby was originally from Ruby Soho. From Ruby Soho. At the time, yeah. I wasn't like pals with Lars. So <laughs> that wasn't an option. So I, 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 I call him the the other Lars, by the way. So there's only you can't be you can't be named Lars and be a rock star. Yeah. You're the other Lars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you got Ruby from that. So Ruby was from that. And then I just was trying to figure out a last name that I felt like was to the point, was kind of like that expressed my personality. And that like really felt like I could just like let loose a little bit and that people could pronounce because yeah. for some reason Loveless <laughs> spelled it. So it really that, bugs you, doesn't oh, it? For, it was just for so many years. <laughs> Heidi Lovelace. And I was like, no. Sounds like a porn star. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And that's why you could tell a bunch of dudes gave me that name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but it just, it, yeah. And it was like one of the first ones. And it was super last minute. Like, I don't think I, my, my entry into when I debuted with NXT, I don't think it was, I think it was a very last minute, like, okay, let's just give her this name, and like, this is what it was. And then when I got up to the main roster, we added a T, <laughs> uh, because they wanted to do the Riot Squad, but that, I think, was already in trademark. Trademarked, so. that, isn't it amazing how you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, Riot Squad is trademarked, but two T's is okay? Two T's, seems right. like kind of it like... It sounds the exact same. I know, same. it seems like a rip-off, yeah. like, really? I didn't know it, though, until I started coming down, we were, like, looking at our... Uh, our Tron, and I saw it, and I was like, did they spell my name wrong? And they're like, oh, no, no, by the way, you got another T. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> Sounds the same to me. Did you have any other, because a lot of times when, when they'll say, come up with some names, mm -hmm. did you have any other alternatives, or was I, Riot the I, th I think the only other one that I'd really like, I, that I can remember, because I had a list, but I honestly, the only one I can remember um, was Ramona. That was the only other one that I had was obviously from, you know, the Ramones. Duh. Also, yeah. also um, I did love Ramona Riot or Ruby Ramona. Yeah, I, both. I had I had all versions of it as because as, I didn't know what they would take. And I had a list and I can't even remember some of the other ones. But Ramona was the other one um, for that reason. And for um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, um, Ramona Flowers. Was like, yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah. yeah so it's um, a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, and my first entrance music was Black Sheep by Metric. Really? That song. That was my very first entrance music um i think so. that movie went over a lot of people's heads yeah, people didn't get it you know movie. yeah but yeah so those were yeah those were the ones that um but like it ruby Wright was the first one that like stuck and then after getting called it for so many years like it just fit me a lot better when people would call me heidi it it just always didn't connect but like ruby always did so i, I definitely wanted to keep it and then mm -hmm. we got to here where i'm i just get to call myself cool because you know rancid associates themselves with me so but now people don't know that don't know rancid associated with you yeah which is which That's is great like I, I um i get tweets a lot that are like i didn't really li like i listened to rancid a long time ago but I, I found my love for him again i've been listening to him all week and all i just want to be like is you're welcome yeah. <laughs> like because they're awesome did you talk to lars after your oh debut? yeah oh yeah he he texted me immediately after and he was he was so like he was so great. He's like I was just you know thanks so much. I was honored to be able to you know be a part of that moment. I was like man like thank like you helped make that moment even more special than what it already was. Like it was special from a wrestling perspective, but my love for punk rock and my love for pro wrestling, which were two things that I hold probably the closest to my heart and things that built me as as a person. Um, 
came together in that moment and like I think you know people were excited to to see me but they were also like wondering are is she gonna get the song like <laughs> I think you know that she that's her name but is she gonna get the song right and then the song came on and I think that excitement was also because that song is so rad that like it helped even amplify that moment for me and like hearing that in the background feeling that was just was just Amazing. Well, another thing is, too, that a lot of people don't realize, like, you know, even with Fozzie Judas, like, just because, you know, I wave my magic wand or the band mm -hmm. does doesn't mean you necessarily can use it. Mm -hmm. It's up to the record company, the publishing. Oh, there's so, so much maybe stuff. Lars owns that, but he, mm -hmm. but if he doesn't, then he would have to go through whatever record company owns the publishing yeah. to his music to get that. Yeah. You know, yep. and that's always a trick too. People, go, oh, you can't just use it. No, no, there's so much, so much behind it. There's so many other things involved that need approval and stuff, and that's why, like, to both Rancid and you know, to Tony with with them to yeah. be able to come to an agreement to allow me to use it. I'm, I'm. I'm we so we wanted to use uh, Back in Black for when the Inner Circle returned after mm -hmm. we got beat up by the Pinnacle. Uh, ACDC didn't even call us back, mm -hmm. and then Max and I before that wanted to use. Um, a running with the devil just once oh, and they came back and said okay one one use five hundred thousand dollars which is basically a nice way of saying you know go f <laughs> <laughs> but at least they came back yeah. acdc came back no, with no not even we're not even gonna entertain even this exactly <laughs> we'll use it for applebee's but yeah. we're not even gonna entertain it yeah. so the fact that you got it once again for people listening it's not as easy as yeah. lars Fredersen going go ahead you have yeah. to get all the bells and whistles to do it but i'm glad that you did so how does it feel though too like with so i know just hearing a song that I love and that I hold near and dear to my heart from a band that I love, hearing the fans sing it. For you, your song, having yeah. them continuously sing it even after the music's done, how does that feel? Well, the cool thing is the reason why I started using it in the first place is once again going back to, to Japan when mm -hmm. I worked the Tokyo Dome with Kenny, mm -hmm. I couldn't use Break the Walls Down, obviously. It's WWE's song, plus I wouldn't want to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. So. What can I use? And we've been trying to get to Japan for years with Fozzie. I was mm -hmm. like, well, maybe if I use Judas for the Tokyo Dome with 50,000 people hearing it, maybe somebody out there will go, hey, we should yeah. bring these guys to Japan. Hasn't worked yet, but it became a perfect song for groove, for yeah. attitude, for feeling. Yeah. And then when I had my cruise last year, uh, we taped Dynamite on the cruise. And when I came to the ring, that's when everyone started singing it. It started on the cruise. Wow which was really cool. But then we had the pandemic yeah. where we had no crowds for like 10 yeah. months. And it was like, I hope people remember when they come yeah. back and they did. So that was cool because I was scared. Like, what if they just forget and they yeah. don't do it anymore? But you know, you want people, and this is another thing with Ruby Soho, your song, you want people to organically get engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be a catchphrase or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now it's the music instantly. Yeah. It's like the modern version of Stone Cold's glass breaking. Oh, as yeah. soon as they hear it, they're mm -hmm. excited. Mm -hmm. They know it's coming. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I, uh, again, like nothing against anybody at WWE, but I was not a huge fan of the song that I had before. It wasn't that it was a bad song. Like the Riot Squad song wasn't a bad song. But I just didn't feel like you it. Didn't feel it, it right? Didn't yeah. give me the the, yeah. the feeling that I wanted coming out. Like it just didn't. I didn't feel like it represented us as a group. I didn't feel like it didn't give me that feeling. And the moment, the moment it all out, I heard that I was like, "This is what this it's is supposed to feel like. Yeah. This is what it's supposed to feel." What's like. supposed to give you the yeah, vibe? Yeah, exactly. You know, like when you feel a great song mm -hmm. at a concert, like yeah. you feel like you yeah. know you want to jump up and down yeah. or you want to punch through a wall. I mean, yeah. that's what music can do. And I think that's one of the best things about having that happen, is it kind of ties. Like I know this is like this. This is a world that you live in all the time. Is being in concerts and 
like I think one of the things that I love about concerts is for a, a split second we're all family. Like for a yes. split second, oh, yes. every single person everyone's that's the same. listening, we are all like a family. We've all yes. known each other our entire lives just for that time period. And that's one of the things I love about concerts. I love about punk rock concerts and, and any concerts in general. Like I just love that, like that, lo- that love of that band, that song unifies these people. And I think that one of, one of those things that that ties in with wrestling, when you come out and like you're all like family at that moment, like we're all like we're sharing that love for that song because we love that song. And then you can hopefully like take them and continue to take them on that journey of like we're all in this together when I'm in the ring. Like, That's right. I love that. I love that that combination of music and wrestling. Ugh. <laughs> um, when you were talking about the, the Riot Squad, how they kind of put you all together, Joker, Beast, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Did you know those girls from before? I knew Sarah. I've known Sarah since I broke in. Um, I knew I wrestled her for the first time. She was three matches in. I was three months in. It was a real bad match. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough match. Um, but we'd known each other for a long time, and we were pretty much the only girls in our area. She's from, like, northern Kentucky, and I am from, you know, Indiana. And there wasn't a lot of girls in our, like, midwestern area. So whenever, a lot of times on the indies at the time, because there weren't as many girls, when you would get booked somewhere, they'd be like, do you have another girl? Right. And I'd you'd be like, opponent. oh, okay, yeah. yeah, sure. And it was always each other for us. And so she got hired before I did. And so I knew her of her, but me and Liv didn't know each other very well. We didn't really even talk much. Like we talked a little bit um, in NXT, but we were worried at first that like the three of us together, that like she would feel left out because we had, me and Sarah did have so much history, but she was, she just fit right in and she's super lovable. That Mm -hmm. girl, she's so lovable and she's so easy to like get along with and so easy to just hang out. And like, she just, everything that people saw on camera of like us accentuating each other because of how different we were, it was the same backstage. Like we were all so different. Sarah was always on time to everything. I was occasionally late. Liv was always late. (laughs) Like stuff like that where like we, we, we evened each other out very, very well, and uh, and yeah, that's why. Who I did you feud them. with when you were the Riot Squad? Um, the f- my first feud, what like singularly was Charlotte, and then um, I also feuded with Natalia, um, and mainly it was just with the girls by my side, um, and then I also feuded with Rhonda and the Bellas at one point in okay. time. Um, which was a lot of fun, and then um, those were my main. How was it working with Rhonda? She kind of took to wrestling very quickly. She's yeah, awesome. Like she, she honestly gave me probably one of my favorite matches that I had while I was there, because it it meant a lot to us. Um, she just, she's one of those people that's incredibly humble when she knows she does not know a lot about what she's in at the moment, but she's a sponge. That girl picks up super mm. fast, and legitimately has amazing instincts like she's awesome and we had a match at elimination chamber and we were on the house shows prior to that and um she and i had this match that we were super proud of we were really really excited to do um we got to the show for elimination chamber we had the time that we thought and then a few minutes later we were told it's going to be two minutes and tap her out. And it was just like that Uh, moment of like, 
okay. And like I knew the story wasn't about me. It was leading into, you know, the first um, WrestleMania, uh, the, the yeah. women's, you know, main event and stuff. Like I knew that the story wasn't about me. But I was just I was so excited about that match and we were so proud of it because it was such a beautiful meld of our two styles. Like I wanted to approach her from a way of like, I don't ever want you to put me in a hold because if you do, I should You're done. I should tap. Yeah. Period. And I loved I loved that challenge. I loved that challenge of looking at her and be like, okay. And I asked her, like, what are all the things that I can do to you? that will that are not legal from where you come from in mixed martial arts what are the things i she's like headbutts use anything in the room i was like okay those are all the things i'm gonna do because mm -hmm. anything that's illegal from where you come from that's the only way i'm gonna be oh able to catch yeah, yeah that's smart yeah and so like i wanted to and it, but it was so much fun because it was like this like this challenge of and like to get my brain to think about wrestling differently than i had you know previous years and i was just i was so bummed i was like oh man like we never get to like show that match yeah. and then Next thing I know, Rhonda went in and rallied for that match to happen on Monday Night Raw the next night. Oh, wow. She went and she said, I always have a title match defense the night after a pay-per-view, and I want it to be Ruby. Hmm. And she rallied for me. And that night, we were the main event on Monday Night Raw. No kidding. the one time oh, I, I was, I've ever been a main event, and, it was, and the match went off. Um, you know, fairly well, in, in, in my opinion, and, and it was it was one of my favorite matches, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, and yeah, she's 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 wonderful, and she's just very very smart and very very driven, and mm. just picks up so well. So yeah, I, I loved working with her. Had the Riot Squad broke up when you got let go? Um, yeah, so not technically. So we had broken up. When I, I, so I had um, double shoulder surgery. I had, uh, I was gone for 10 months mm. and had, um, That's what it was. yeah, and had double shoulder surgery. That's when we were separated by the draft. Liv went to SmackDown. I think me and Sarah had stayed on Raw, but I, I, was, I was gone anyway. And then I came back from shoulder surgery um, and they had me, uh, and I jumped Liv when I came back. And, I think we were going to go into some kind of story and then shortly thereafter Sarah got let go. And then it kind of turned into now Liv and I are now back together. Um, it was like a kind of an abrupt end and then Liv and I are now back together and we are the Riot Squad once again as but just like a two, a two, a two, yeah. A a, yeah, a two version tag team. And then when I got released we were still technically the riot mm. squad when i got when i got let go but yeah so it, we the riot squad had seen some like kind of ups <laughs> and downs and we were trying to you know stay above water but it, it never really worked out for us but yeah yeah but i uh it was that with with them was some of the best times of my of my career is working with them and getting to go on road trips and stuff with them is just an absolute blast Did you guys travel together all the time yeah yeah we were always together always we had like a, a very good system <laughs> where uh, we would get two rooms, two hotel rooms, and then we would rotate whose, oh. whose turn was the to have the single room, and then somebody would get the double, and then we would <laughs> rotate it out, um, and then we would try to do the same thing with driving, but then we would avoid, you know, live driving at all because <laughs> um, she uh, she's she's from jersey and mm -hmm. uh she didn't really um get her license until like while she was in, in the with business. the wwe <laughs> so she didn't have a whole lot of driving experience so we didn't really let her drive all that often <laughs> um talking just as we start to wind down here just you mentioned you mentioned your tattoos uh in japan as well as you have many many tattoos yes. <laughs> uh tattoo culture uh punk rock culture mm -hmm. what was kind of the impetus to get all these because they're everywhere yes i've had there's been a lot of different 
influences and stuff like that that I wanted. I think I think one of the the things that I love about I feel like I that I love about my my right sleeve especially in comparison to what is not quite a sleeve yet but is getting to my left is like it kind of embodies like who I was at one point. Mm-hmm. And I think my right one was is a lot of like I just kind of wanted tattoos <laughs> and I didn't really know who I was. I knew I wanted them. I knew I, I didn't really know why I have a lot of flowers and stuff yeah. in here and like a lot of stuff where I was just like, this has no meat. Like, and not every ha- tattoo has to have meaning behind it, but I just like, I was like, I just kind of wanted tattoos. You just went I, in and said, what do you, you got something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that kind of shows to like how insecure and unaware of my own self that I was is like this side. They're like, oh, your tattoo. I'm like, these are so not thought out at all. Right. Um, but, you know, I saw these at some point, probably in, in online somewhere, like, but you know what I mean? And then like here, like there's a lot more. Those ones have meaning. To have stories behind it and to have like real, real like feeling behind any of them or creativity. Even even if I did like just let my artist just kind of go, I knew that I knew what she was putting behind it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think like, like my neck and then my arm and stuff like that. Like it really is like, okay, I'm more confident in who I am. I'm more confident in what I want to represent, what I what I feel is important to me now as opposed to like, I found this somewhere. This yeah, looks yeah. cool. Put it on my body. It's so, so important to find the right artist too. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You know, because I, I was the same. Like I always wanted to have a sleeve, but never really had any ideas. And then finally had an idea. I found the right guy. And mm-hmm. then I could say, here's my idea. And my idea was like 1% of what he actually came up yeah. with to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, you know, that you, once you get that, then that really kind of helps you with your, you know, artistic journey. Oh, too. 100%. And I think, too, that's the one thing that I I feel like people, especially only if you find the right artist, because my, my artist that I have is actually a girl I went to high school with. Oh, good. She's the one who did my neck um, and my hand and my arm. Like, she is incredible, and I and she's so creative she's so creative um and she is one of those people that i can be like i'm gonna give you a broad idea but run with it yeah yeah, and i feel like that doesn't happen enough because i've talked to her and i like i i I feel so bad for her when it comes to like i want this in this specific way and this thing and this has to look like these people are artists for a reason like Mm -hmm. the good ones are an artist for a reason like they're going to be able to take you way past where you ever thought you could right, go. Right, right. Trust them, you know? And so, uh, and she's been able to like, I just given her a broad idea and been like, okay, this is kind of what I want the feeling to be behind it. If you can give it to me, that'd be great. And she, she always has, she's always delivered. Last few things. So now you mentioned being in the right place, at the right time you're in AW. It's been a few weeks. Like we said, uh, what do you kind of see yourself and what's your plan and what's your thought and vision for the future over the next few months? I first and first and foremost, I want to wrestle as much as humanly possible. (laughs) I literally want to be in the ring as much as I can just because I just, I, I've, I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do Mm. not necessarily because I haven't been in the ring, but like feeling how like, again, like falling back in love. I feel like every time I'm in the ring, it's another date. It's another (laughs) date, you know? So, um, I, uh, I want to wrestle as much as possible. These girls are absolutely incredible. And, and really just and want and want to wrestle just as much as I do and want to tell stories which is which is all that I want to do 
And like, I think that each one of these girls is going to bring out a different side of me, a different fight to me. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. I want to come to work and I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. I want, I want to root for other people. <laughs> I want to come out and I want to sing and air guitar to all, with all the fans to my incredible entrance music. I just, I want to just feel like I know, I know I feel like I'm home, but I just want to just, I just want to have a good time. I, I want to tell some stories <laughs> and I, I just want to, if I can, if I, if I, if I can, I want to help take this women's division to the next level and like to where it's no question anymore. AEW is the top tier product. Hands down. There's no question. Men, women, everybody is just the top tier. This is the brand to beat. And well, I, it's a, it's a huge acquisition to have you here for sure. Oh, absolutely. thank you. Uh, last two questions. Okay. Uh, favorite match you ever had? <sighs> favorite match I ever had ever. Mm, favorite match I ever ever had. Hon honestly, maybe that one with Rhonda. I like I think because it meant so much because right. like we had to kind of work event, for it. Yeah, it was the main event, but like we had to work for uh -huh. it. We had to convince people to let us do it, and then like I felt like we delivered. So like the meaning behind it, and like I said, the challenge to like to try and like adhere to a different style was was awesome, and got my brain working in a bunch of different ways. I think that one was amazing. I had a couple like inter intergender matches that I did on the indies that I really, really enjoyed. I had a match in Canada um, with a guy named Josh Alexander, um, yeah. who currently works with Impact, who is incredibly talented and super, super smart. And I, I, it was like he had just come back from his neck injury and he trusted me on a lot of stuff and I was very grateful. So definitely that one of those matches is probably one of my favorites. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had there's. I have so many for different reasons, emotional reasons, things sure. I've learned and stuff like that. What about you? What's your favorite match ever? Now that I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, it's weird because like the the latter match I had with Sean for the WWE title was one because mm -hmm. the same thing because we worked seven months. Mm -hmm. This great program. A lot of the ones I've had here, the one I had with Moxley where I mm -hmm. lost the title to him was great. Mm -hmm. uh, the stadium stampedes have been great. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, I had. You know, the one that pops my head, a match with Isaiah Cassidy about mm. three months ago. That was awesome. The ones I had with Orange Cassidy. Lots of Cassidy's here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you, there's a lot of different ones for different ideas and mm -hmm. different places in my life and my career. But usually I know when I come out of the ring, that was great. wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. could have been better. The one I just had with Max, with mm -hmm. MJF on the on the pay-per-view that you debuted was, yeah. was, was awesome for yeah. a lot of reasons, too. So. Last question. I'll put you in the Brookside spot. Oh, goodness. Top five punk bands now. Oh, no. <laughs> You're doing it to me. Terrible. Oh, no. Robbie, I hope you're not listening. No, I'm He's not, not. going to say Alkaline Trio, I promise. <laughs> um, but I do love Alkaline Trio. There's no disrespect there. No, no disrespect there. Um, so I would have to say the ones that come into my brain right this very second. Rancid, of course has to be yep. number one not a lot of people know about this one but pup is uh as a punk band that i love very much um i have to say you know uh, one of my always will always be my favorites is the misfits mm, um i know there's a lot of the danzig version um <laughs> who is also a huge wrestling fan by He's the way i don't know if you know fan. this yes, but yes glenn yeah. danzig is a huge wrestling fan he called me a scumbag one time and i loved it uh. <laughs> it was the best day of my life um okay 
we're at three um, state champs is another um, one that Robbie would definitely call bubblegum pop, but is very, very, yes, but they were, they were another one of my entrance, entrance musics post uh, Black Sheep. And then I am going to have to say the one that I keep coming back to is, is the clash. Oh yeah. Um, and that was, and, and that was because Robbie and I, like a, a close like tie with the clash is bad brains, um, bad brains in the clash mainly also to um nvp is a huge fan of bad brains yes he and, is yeah um robbie is a huge fan of the clash just so that i don't get yelled at by either one of them <laughs> those are both amazing bands so yeah so those that's are a good list there's the one of my favorites is pretty obscure from canada from the 80s they're called the day glow abortions great just kind of a dead kennedy's type vibe gotcha, to it gotcha, gotcha. and the album to check out is here today guano tomorrow oh. <laughs> there you go Guano. <laughs> that poop. There you go. Uh, but you are definitely not Guano, Ruby Yay, Soho. It's awesome poop. to talk to you, and uh, I'm excited to see all the great things you're going to do you here so in much AW. For me, Chris. I appreciate it. It was Thank awesome. You. Thank you.